What's good, my little buttercups? It's your cow grease producer, Wolf the Dog. And I'm here to deliver all the full fat milk to all my hungry little babies. Who can then shake that cream around until it turns solid. That's how the butter is made. Or so I'm told. I am coagulating live from 694.2 PTBP. The only radio station that artisanally crafts its own butter for its host to eat. Speaking of cream, grease, and being told stuff, we got ourselves a new Howlin' with Wolf. This Howlin' with Wolf was sent in by Wes from PA, who tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod, which is the quickest way to make a notification appear in the notifications tab of the at Pretending Pod Twitter account. They write, I just want to thank the beautiful bastards who make one of the best podcasts out there. You guys are killing it. May all your balls be smooth. Well, damn, thank you, Wes from PA. I do, however, not appreciate how you seem to prefer smoothness over the feel of beautiful bristles. What's wrong with petting something that got the feel of a wire-haired brush dipped in a vat of Vaseline? Remember, if you want to write up something for your milk-producing wolf to howl, tag at Pretending Pod on the internet. Come on, you know you want to make me say some silly shit like bumfuzzle, accubation, cleek, and click right down there on those show notes to find links to all our ramshackle internet gobbledygook. Goggle with hogwash and swallow lickety split. It's time for the news. Ahem. I, Wolf the Dog, do hereby relinquish my duty to read the news for this episode and this episode only, episode 110 of Pretending to be People. I understand that this will be done by an old friend, Mick and or Nick Nichols. We met in college where we all studied talking at people real good. I got my damn MFA even, so technically I could be Professor Wolfie. But y'all know that my heart belongs with the people. Specifically, the people whose minds are easily penetrated by my all-powerful aura. For one cannot simply take over the world by just teaching. You must be able to control them with the most modern communication vessel of the century. The most cutting-edge technology. FM radio, babies. Also, uh, the community college I applied to never got back to me about the job. Now slop yourself up enough rubber-boo to feel the collie wobbles and fight the wamble. It's Dragon in 3 with What Kind of World Are You Living In?
everybody, and welcome back to the Scrap. Oh, Nick Nichols, is this not the I'm Nick Nichols, and this is Nick Nichols? <laughs> yeah, hey there, brother. Oh, Nick Nichols, I love that everything I do just makes you giggle like that. When your cheeks get rosy, my heart gets fuzzy, and that's a word that I mispronounced. Like fuzzy is fuzzy, and you love it, I love it. We're all here. We're all here for Nick Nichols. What do you think about that? Well, I just love you, my elder brother. <laughs> and I love you too, my elder brother. We were both born right before the other one. I think it's Eldritch brother. <laughs> Eldritch brother. <laughs> what have you been up to since two seconds ago, Nick? Well, I've just been watching this cool... Uh, is it a fight? Is it a battle? Is it a war? Is it... What is it exactly that we're watching here? I'm not too sure, but it is darn entertaining. It is darn entertaining for sure, and I do think that part of it might determine the outcome of our futures, whether it be us in our lives or the future of humanity. All right, all right, all right. At least in this reality. What happens in this reality? What? Go on. Are you saying that there might be different realities, Nick? I'm just saying we were hugged by that big old robot friend of ours. Can you say that again for the folks at home? Wow. What a way to say a thing. But let's get back to the moment at hand. You were saying that there might be extra dimensions or other planes of existence, different realities. Is that true? That's just a little old theory of mine that I've been cooking up. And, uh, you know, I like to dabble in uh, metaphysical theories in, uh, in my off... T- oh, did we lose Luke? Ignore him. Okay. I'm still here. I don't know what happened to my I camera. got scared. He switched positions to it. Frightened me. I'm back. And he's hey, back. we're back. What is metaphysical? <laughs> Have you heard of the physical realm that we all live in? Not even a little bit. So there's another one called the metaphysical realm, and it's... Uh, different. All right, and so we're going to give you a quick recap of last time here. Last time, that big fucker on the left, this thing that I've heard a few people on the ground call the gigantum propagus, it reached up and touched the sky, turned the sky up into an ocean. Ocean with black starts swirling all around like a dark lake or a lake or something up there that you might look into. And then, blah, and juggernaut shot Rose, uh, M-A-R-Y, cut that thing in half uh, with its laser eyes. Oh, God, a bunch of other stuff happened. Uh, Dodd was in uh, the room up there that we can't see, but we know what's going on. Yeah, we know. We know. We know what's going on. He's watching Keith talk to the phone. And then uh, these creatures, these tall skeletal creatures that kind of look like Barbie Glass showed up. I've heard someone here is calling them Myriad. Well, what a name and what a season. Uh, There's more than one of them, but there wasn't now. Now we're down to one, and its hand is all shrunk down weird because uh, this old version of the Clark Bishop seems to have a bunch of them popped like uh, like some sort of zits. Oh, God. <laughs> Yummy. That's right, Dick Nichols, like some sort of zits. Oh, God. I definitely threw up just a little bit. Just enough. And then Clark Bishop blasted one more of them. Now they're only down to one. And Don uh, came running outside. Don D. Pettymore. We got John Ball. Ball version of John Lee Pettymore lunged at M-A-R-Y. And her top half 
as the body of the rosemary cut in half and start shuffling all back. John Ball plunged up into the gut, Mark, and then Keith Vigna, with his frozen pea shooter, uh, comes down and freezes her bottom half and then smashes up the bottom of it. <laughs> 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 this voice. <laughs> it's going. It's going, man. <laughs> Oh, keep oh on, keep God. on. Go, 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 go. <laughs> the bottom half shattered into multiple pieces. Clark Bishop tried to pull out his gun, accidentally blew his own head off. And then Planet Juggernaut comes down, boom, lands on next to Keith John. Wheel Betty Moore fired his gun in the air, hit one of these new sea creatures that was pouring out of the sky, the sky that is slowly rising from its own plane of gravity, which means that it's lowering slowly towards us. <laughs> yeah, a reality that is truly terrifying. That's almost like we're going to be squished here in a few rounds by this water with these crazy little worm guys coming out the top. They're squamous, they're squamous, they're segmented, and they are purple, brown, and black. It is getting goopy up in here. <laughs> I like that the, there's panic rising in his voice. <laughs> He's like, I haven't thought about the words I'm saying. <laughs> Something that really scared me personally, Nick, is that when John Lee Will Fortune Moore shot his gun into the sky and hit one of those worm things, that worm did not react at all. Yeah, it's quite the... It seems like they might be uh, immune to uh, physical uh, bullets and such. Well, that'll be something to keep in mind moving forward. And uh, we got M-A-R-Y. This thing plugged in one of its metal tendrils into the ground, seemingly starting to form some sort of portal. Uh, over there in the pitch black room, big pitch black room, <laughs> Keith think the Asmiriad on a phone to get rid of the big thing out there. And bring two McFlurries. What Oreo? What Ibb and Ibb? Uh, that is about Wade Clark old this older version of Clark the Overseer told uh, shreveled the last beer he had hand back to its elbow and tailored its suit so we could all see the results there and then uh, Clark Bishop seems to have some sort of conversation happening with this last little long got translucent beast and they seem to agree on something it appears to me that Clark is a fan favorite and there's so many of them. You have uh, your own to choose. One without a head, uh, the, the old creepy one, and that one, the, the good one, I think. Is, is any of the Clarks good? Who can say? Who can't say, but we do know that Keith Vigna is good, for he has used his jumping boots to leap up into the alternate gravity of the world above. He is shooting his frozen gun right up into one of these worms' mouths. The mouth, I have turned green now, see, <laughs> the mouth. It's <laughs> the mouth is completely frozen. Keith Vigna dived in feet first like Jonah. Or Elsa, both of them into this worm, and he is gone from view. <laughs> what is still, happening? Are you still there? <laughs> uh oh. Zach, are you still there? Oh, uh, I don't think he is. Oh, no. Are you happy that I'm still here? Oh. There you go. You're back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're back. <laughs> I've shared greed. <laughs> And with a yee-haw, Keith Vigna disappeared into that worm up there. 
Uh, John Ball, when it tried to merge with M-A-R-Y, was repelled like a magnet. And then Wheel of Fortune here, we're finally at the end of things, Nick Nichols. So calm down. You look like it. Calm down. Hey, sit over there. Calm down. Do not tell me to calm down. I am simply pissing my pants in excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Uncle Don comes running up to the Wheel of Force jaw. They're yelling, they're pointing guns, they're waving around, they're discussing the reality of nature, much like we are now, reality. It's just another day in the Pettymore clan, as far as we know. As far as we know, and then John's little tendrils there at the back of his neck poked out and seemingly patted Don on the shoulder to reassure him. Ugh. <sighs> And that's where we'll begin this episode. <laughs> Welcome to Pretending to be People. I wasn't listening. If you'll just do Yeah, could you do that again? again? Yeah, please do it again. I think that'll be handy for all the listeners who didn't hear Wolf's recap and then also didn't pay attention to what you just said like us. Hello, everybody. My <laughs> name is Beck Nichols, and with me today is Nick Nichols. Let's give a quick recap of what happened last time. Are you ready? Should we do it again? <laughs> yeah, more recaps is what this podcast needs. Yeah, <laughs> That's what, I know it's I know it's just fan service, but you know, give the people what they want. <laughs> now hear me out. <laughs> oh, this huge lumbering beast that is just towering story upon story upon story above you all its limbs forming and reforming shaping and reshaping in a way to where you can't exactly tell oh, it's the oh no it's the it's, it's there it's not there it is both in this world of this world and nowhere at all and it is dripping with this dark ooze is it boom lumbers across the ground always just shrieking out with this every time you make a sound like that it just completely cuts out on yeah. discord from the like noise gate filters we get, the, we get the perfect faces for it yeah yes. these amazing faces it's, it's and such no agony sounds on your face. except for occasional like and then yeah <laughs> And then when the episode comes out, we get to hear what you wanted us to hear. My neighbors must be so confused. <laughs> neighbors are like, oh, Lord. It's not even eight in the morning. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the faces are very like uh, oh, vinegar man. stroke I, faces. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, What's I'm that, gonna... Luke, for the children listening? <laughs> And the gigant umber pithecus, unbeknownst to you, is about to come. <laughs> I want you guys to, to really visualize this moment because the gigant umber pithecus, last you saw, had just reached up into the sky, turned the entirety of the sky into a swirling ocean with waves coming across it, and then these like massive worms started poking their heads out of it. Next round, this ocean started rising from its point of view, which means that it is lowering slowly down onto you. The Gigantumbrapithecus is so tall that this ocean is now rising almost to its head. So it bends over 
and it puts its enormous knot hands kind of on its joints down by its legs that are now the size of skyscrapers themselves. I mean, we're talking tens of stories tall at this point. It bends over and it erupts something from deep within it begins making this horrible noise. And it's almost as if you hear the souls of every single person that it has ever engulfed cry out as its mouth opens and you see a bevy of skeletons begin to fall out of its mouth. They are all dripping with this same black residue, this puke, this 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 residue that is just covering each of these skeletons and they're all being held by their backs as they're free falling by like a bungee rope like a marionette doll, like they're marionette dolls, but what the strings holding them are the same strings of like thick mucusy residue. And these things are crying out in pain, but also they're grabby. They're real grabby with their hands and their arms and their legs. And they are falling down toward this battlefield. Are there like tens of these or thousands of these? Let's go ahead and skeletons. roll. Let's go ahead and roll and see how many there are. Let's roll like 2d4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do that. There's 12. Oh, okay. So this is like a this is like a commando team of skeleton souls, not a horde. <laughs> That is, correct. that is correct. It is a highly trained paraskeletal team. <laughs> paraskeletal. I'm imagining, you know, like the f- angler fish or whatever that has like the little light yeah. on its head. Is it kind of like that, but with skeletons? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I don't know no. what that meant. I don't think so. It's not like that. But I was just saying, yeah, I, that's a fish. It's more like these skeletons make a giant frog's tongue that's coming out and getting ready to come out and like... Grab a fly. Yeah, there's 12 gotcha. frogs' tongues. Gotcha, okay. That makes more sense. And yeah. on the tip of each tongue is a fun little skeleton doing a, doing a little dance as it comes toward yeah. you. <laughs> He's coming to give us a hug. <laughs> I want to hug the skeleton. Uh, next is Rose, M-A-R-Y, which is currently half embodying. It's got, it's got one tendril plugged up inside the head of Rosemary, and it's been using her mouth like a weird puppet. Uh, as it's been dragging her body backwards to avoid more hits. Uh, It's got one of its other metal tendrils plugged into the luminous land below and to the left of you all and is forming a, a sort of swirl of technicolor light that is emitting now from the ground. You've seen this before and you know that she is creating or it is creating a portal. M-A-R-Y is going to roll a dodge because she is going to try to keep this portal going for this entire round. And so she's going to roll a dodge at a negative 20 to contest any rolls against her to try to uh, stop this attempt at a portal opening. Uh, And she has succeeded with a roll that I will keep to myself. She had a negative 20? (laughs) Yeah, she was at a negative 20 and she still passed which makes you think, oh, maybe, 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 maybe it rolled this low. Is low. Maybe this is beatable. Yeah. Maybe it's beatable. Beatable. If you say it three times, you'll beatable. Beatable. <laughs> like Beetlejuice. Nice. 
I've never seen that. Carry on. It is Keith Vigna's turn. <laughs> Can you describe exactly what where Keith? What is happened right last now? time? No. So I'm uh, I'm inside the worm right now, right? <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Let's die for. No, no, no. Sorry. This Keith Vigna. Oh, sorry, Keith. It's Keith Beans's turn. Okay. Right. I just got off the phone. Uh, I laid back down. Is Don in the room with me still, or did he leave? You're not sure. It's pitch black in there. You called out to him last time and asked what kind of McFlurry he wanted. He did not respond, <laughs> and so you assumed him and him. Okay, yeah. So as Keith is he's laying down on the ground, just really having a great time, super relaxed. Yeah. He's he's laying down there for a while, and then he remembers. He's like, oh, yeah, I just uh, asked for a McFlurry. I guess I better go out and meet him. Uh, and so I try to find my way out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got a mini game here. Uh, it's going to take about three episodes to play of you okay. getting out of this room. <laughs> so, Justin, you're going to be Keith Beans's left leg. Joe, you're going to be Keith Beans's left hand. Uh, Thomas, you're going to be the left foot, and then Luke, you're going to be Keith Beans's nose. So, if you could each roll right. a D seven. And then add <laughs> negative I. D7, right. Got it. Yeah, I'm at Got it. 6I. Oh, perfect. So uh, you kind of feel your way with your... Well, you bump into the, the side of the room with your nose, but only half of your nose gets bumped. And you're like, oh, perfect. I'm right at the doorway. And you reach out with uh, Thomas and Justin's left hand and feel around the corner. And, and you kind of feel the, the stairwell of this enormous room. The enormous room? You feel the stairwell leading down from this towering, <laughs> towering building. Is there still no light, or is there light in the hallway? There's slight light coming down from the bottom of the stairwell, and so you make your way down the stairs and out of this towering, dark building, and you see... Okay, so if he's if he's making his way out, then we'll start with me, left foot. That's right. Yes, go ahead and roll. Let's see how that first step goes. D7. No, I rolled a D... Uh, I've got my, my foot character sheet here, and it... Anyway, um, <laughs> please tell me you. I've got a fourteen. Well. I, I'm supposed to. I have to roll higher than a fourteen on a d20. I rolled a six. All right. So. <laughs> Thanks for like trying to play in the dumbest thing I've ever said. <laughs> it means a lot. This is you think the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Since my since Keith's left foot failed the foot roll, I stumble down the stairs, just head over, rolling down the stairs. Head over what? <laughs> Probably uh, butt, because that's fun. Nice. Keith Beans rolls head over butt down the stairs, and you land at the bottom of this... Uh, ouchie, ouchie. <laughs> <laughs> the last two stairs slapped you, uh, and you land <laughs> ace first. Down at the bottom of these stairs of the base of this towering tower, this dark building that was first shown in a Polaroid picture from Julie Maxwell's car way back in episode one. And so you look out onto this battlefield ahead of you and you see just pure fucking nonsense. And uh, right about then, Keith has a flashback. You remember you're on the Beans estate. The alarms start blaring. And these creatures begin falling from the sky and hitting the ground with a thud, but they don't seem to be affected by falling from however far they fell. They're tall, gaunt, translucent, wearing black suits 
and looking out onto this battlefield, darkness surrounding you, light completely illuminating the land, these same creatures are falling from the sky. That memory reminds Keith of of Fergie, and uh, Keith just kind of breaks down a little bit, and he just starts crying, but it's like an angry cry. Wow, he seems to really be having a moment there, Nick. What do you think about that? <laughs> it's a great emotional time for all of us here. But we're powering through, buddy. Am I right? I don't deserve to live. <laughs> now they're both just standing on either side of Keith Vigna. Just holding microphones down on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Nick and Mick Nichols with both of their microphones held at my face. And I'm crying. I've just yelled, I don't deserve to live. I've been thinking about all the atrocities that I've committed throughout my lifetimes. And I just start running at one of the uh, men in black. It's the overseer's turn. Clark. Joe. Yeah, yeah. You, you are become the overseer in that last round, wherein you, uh, you literally beamed out this same light from your face that you saw him do first. And in that moment, something in your consciousness flickered and there's something strange about it. It's like Clark Bishop is still controlling Clark Bishop and the overseer is still the overseer. But you, Joe Terry, author of your own story, have now taken control through becoming the overseer, you have become the overseer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You are floating about 10 feet above the luminous land liturgy that is weaving in and out of itself in a circle, chanting, Shakti Felicia. This is a little bit of a nitpick, Zach, but I don't think you're using liturgy correctly. I never have. As long as you know. <laughs> I did it for I did it for the alliteration. The, it's just like let's let's give this let's give this fucker a quick look up cuz I don't I don't know what it means. Oh, what a liturgy is? It's just like the service. Like it's the like the body and texts and songs of a service, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a form or formulary according to which public religious worship, especially Christian worship, is conducted. It's the ritual, the service, the ceremony. Yeah, I'm good with that. So this Luminous Land liturgy is just like weaving, bobbing and weaving in and around in a circle around you. And it's just liturging all over your liturgy. And you feel the liturgy within your liturgy. (laughs) You're liturgid. <laughs> and you feel this immense power that is being given to you, granted to you by this song, by this chant, and it is flowing within you and giving you what you think is an unnatural score of, you know, at least 85. No, sorry, 80. Sick. Now I'm going to put down 85. You that's what I first. said, and that's what I meant. That's what you said, and I said sick after it, so it's official now. <laughs> it's like in a meeting we don't second things we just sick. say sick and then it's it's not only seconded not only voted on it's finished okay i have a sick do i have a righteous <laughs> i have a righteous the motion carries it's like when jesus was dying on the cross and at the very end he was just like sick and then he got to die <laughs> 
Best thing he ever did. This is terrible timing, <laughs> but I have to shoot, I have to poop, and I'll make it very very quick. <laughs> but but I am gonna shit my pants. <laughs> it was just starting to feel liturgical. Oh man, he's. Oh God, he's doing it! Oh, he's pooping Why? right. Thomas, just go oh, to the bathroom. Thomas, stop Luke, staring right Luke. into the camera. Oh my You're God, gonna you're regret this, man. You're gonna regret this. Stop. You gotta sit. Oh now. no, oh. he's showing it to us now. No, I don't want to see it. <laughs> That's what his asshole looks like, huh? He's li- he is in the living room showing me his butt right now. <laughs> Why is he pooping into a mesh strainer? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him? Oh, he's wiping it on his face and on the walls now what oh he's holding up a sign that says luke made me do this i didn't make him do it stop he's holding up a newspaper but it's from 10 years ago (laughs) (laughs) what is he telling us (laughs) wait what what is he writing with his own feces on the wall sirhan sirhan should get probation that's weird (laughs) all right so now that Thomas has silently cleaned up all of his mess that he made. Yeah, that was disgusting. I don't understand what just happened. Thomas, what was the point of the newspaper? I thought that was pretty self-explanatory, but if you don't get it, I mean, <laughs> not everybody's, I guess, as sophisticated as I am. Man of culture. Obviously, I still have the shit all over my face. <laughs> right. That's right. My glorious war paint. And <laughs> oh, that's, you that's can't not sully that it. moment. <laughs> you can't taint it like that. That was the coolest thing we've done in the show so far. Well, now the coolest thing we've done is one of the hosts smeared shit all over his face <laughs> to gain a psychological advantage over all of the others. Because you're all you're all wondering what's going on in this guy's mind right now. <laughs> And to give Joe a uh, good amount of time to think about what he's going to do as the overseer. That would have been a smart thing for Joe to do, for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh. It would have been, huh? For sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, you made oh, me shit. laugh while I was still adjusting the microphone. <laughs> I do have an idea, kind of, uh, but I want to ask, now that my reality is shifting and I'm getting some insight into the overseer's head... Can I dig around in there a little bit and see what I know? Hundo P, baby. Oh, what are you looking for? Uh, well, in the immediate, he was going to look for some spells. And my goal, since I now I have a clerk old, I have an overseer, and I've also got a clerk who has just recently proven that he can handle some level of, of skill, I want to see if there are extra spells rattling around in overseer's head that he can pass along to me, Clark, Clark Current. Clark me and divides forces. If me, Clark, needs to go be working on something while Overseer's working on something else, I, I feel like Clark Old has the tactical command here, and he's he needs to delegate. He's obviously had an end goal in mind. Let's get that, let's make that happen. So you know that he is scared, which is weird, because the same time you feel all of this power, you feel an immense amount of fear, and it is all directed at this creature. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to impart onto this younger version of yourself, you feel good about being able to do that. So yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. I wanted to make sure that he has a chance to right now with this moment of noticing, oh shit, my Clark, my younger Clark is capable. 
I want to use this time to tell him what he needs to do. You as Clark Bishop, which he would have seen, you just had this conversation with the only tall, gaunt creature last time, and you both agreed the lumbering beast was the issue. And now a bunch of those things have just appeared. Uh, You would assume to help. You can think about the abilities that they've used, right? So freeze a person in place. Yeah. Yep. And wipe a mind. So you think that if they can hold this thing in place, then you guys can probably eliminate it. Also, you do see 12 fucking goopy skeletons are coming down and those need to be addressed this round. Okay. This round, I don't know. I I was going to say, my thought was with the paralyzing power of those, of our Marvin creatures, that they could stop those skeletons in their tracks. I assume Mm. that uh, the overseer knows that he needs people around him to keep this power level up. So he wants to make sure that those skeletons can't take any more people. So maybe that's what this overseer is going to focus on is those skeletons. Overseer is going to stop those things in their tracks. Or he's going to try. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, he doesn't. It's a 93. I rolled a 93. Oh my God. Clark Bishop, you've just looked over and seen the overseer reach out, attempt something against these falling lost bones, these rattling bones that are just dripping with ooze as they're falling down toward you. And it does not work. And you see his face drop. Yeah. This is your moment. (laughs) it's clark bishop's turn this clark is aware of this mind split and uh he he feels he feels what the overseer was trying to do and so he's going to try it himself he's going to take up the mantle of all right i see what you're doing i see what you were doing all right okay here we go and that is a 20 on a 63 is what this clark's unnatural is hell yeah dude he's gonna he's gonna just channel everything he was feeling from the overseer and just tweak it. Just, he saw where he messed up. It was right there. And he, uh, he just tweaks the thing in his mind. And that's, that's the, oh shit. That's where the overseer fucked up. Here we go. Click. And part of your mind just fucking breaks in that moment. Uh, roll sanity. (laughs) As you like analyze the unnatural nature of the universe in which your mind currently exists. Uh, do not pass. It's a 82 on a five. <laughs> lose one, lose one sanity. You know what that does, boy. Uh, yeah, that's a breaking point. Shown up. <laughs> uh, so you're going to lose one sanity as you handle this situation and handle it. You do because the losing of the sanity is knowing that you are fucking in control now. You don't have a lot left of your humanity, but uh, mm-hmm. but you're the most powerful fucker on the field, so. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> All right, go ahead and roll three D100 rolls, Joe, and holler what you, holler what you roll. A 34. A 75. And a 12. 34 is dermatillomania, compulsion for picking at one's skin. 
nasty. I could see ways to use that now that he's like split his body. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. 75 is uh, onomatomania, irresistible desire to repeat certain words. Ooh, that's interesting. Now that I'm casting spells. <laughs> yep. And 12. 12 is aminomania. Irrational cheerfulness. <laughs> I love all three of these. Oh, shit. So, Amenomania is what I live with. Um, <laughs> I, I, could, I can role play that one real easy. I kind of want to do that. I kind of think it'd be yeah. funny for him to be the most optimistic person in this total hellscape of a, of yes. a gr- grim scenario. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that one. Amenomania. That's perfect. So, Joe, what does Clark Bishop do to stave off the invasion of these falling, bungee-jumping frog-into-the-frog-tongue to- frog skeletons? <laughs> uh, I was kind of hoping you'd tell me. I know that uh, the overseer was last seen. He, you said he extended his hand, so I think Clark's starting with that. Uh, he's got a big smile on his face as because he's figured it out. He knows what's going on, and it's, it's all going to be fine. And he uh, he does it. I don't know. What did you picture? Some of these powers. I, I how strong is this? Can I start? I would. Uh, can they start uh, shattering, or are they just decommission shortly? Uh, you can you can do whatever you want. There's dripping skeletons uh, that are that are coming down. He wants to shatter them. He wants he wants them to pop as though the that those couple myriads he did, but these are bones. So he knows that this is more of a break and less of a pop. But he wants them to shatter and crumble. Okay, um, fucking cool. Uh, and let's go ahead and roll 2d12 to see how many of these guys you can get. First one's a two. Uh-oh. Second one is a motherfucking one. I shit you not. Oh, my God. I rolled a two and a one. Let's just pretend we, if we were rolling three, it would have been a ten. So... <laughs> <laughs> So three of these skeletons. <laughs> God damn it. it! It makes sense. This was this was young Clark who shot the spell off. That that well, that's that's, right. th- that's why it was only three. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just blossoming. He's just blooming. He's th- figuring out his powers. He's gonna get the hang of it. This is a good start. Uh, these things completely disintegrate, and their bones, as they turn into dust, kind of meld with the residue that's around them, and it turns into like residue mud. It's like the liquid of the ooze and the muck with the sand now, like bone sand, mm-hmm. just kind of forms together this gritty. Yeah. Yeah, he's there too. Is it like when you throw sand on <laughs> diarrhea? <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> yes, it's like throwing sand on diarrhea <laughs> while holding up a newspaper from 10 years ago. And with that, um, the other skeletons are still coming down. Don D. Pettymore. It's your turn. You're in conversation with John Lee Pettymore, the he's given me He's given me a mild embrace with his tendrils. That's right. Just a pat on the back to reassure you. I kind of like grab it like you would like someone's hand and I'm like kind of like affectionately like grabbing it. Yeah, grabbing. Yeah, you're doing it. Like grabbing the hand on my 
the hand, the t- the metal tendril, as yeah, though it was. He's patting John's, your shoulder with yeah. his metal tendrils, and you put your hand on the metal tendrils Lovingly, and kind yeah. of pat back. Yeah. Tell me what I need to do, John. Tell me what I can do to help make things right. You feel the tendril slip into your spine. Oh shit! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, shit. And the ball comes out of John Lee Pettymore. He's kind of hanging limp, and there's just a silver ball floating a few feet above him. And and it all feels right, though, as, as you feel more and more tendrils moving down your spine and experiencing your nerves. And suddenly, <laughs> you and your nephew are... Kind of the same thing. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry. Did you take it, his spine out first? No, no, or no. Or did you just attach yourself to it? We're, he's just been attached to the John of Fortune, and he's part of that Wheel of Fate now. <laughs> so we can also, like, nix all that. I want, like, I want Don to still be a character but essentially like he and john might just be talking heads i don't want to take away all of just i just literally took away all of justin's character's agency (laughs) which we can (laughs) 86 right off the bat i just thought it might be wicked cool justin how do you feel yeah how do you feel Justin? i don't mind at all about you taking away my agency that's totally fine i'm just curious of your motivation for wanting my body Okay, that's what I don't know. That's what I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of imagine John and Don as a second Nick and Mick, and they're just heads. Oh, no. (laughs) That are literally like, okay, so imagine the tiny ball (laughs) and then thick stalks of tendrils coming down, forming essentially two legs with Don and John, and it's just running around like an at-at. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i love that so much and we'll see what comes of that you look next to you and you see the body of john lee pettymore kind of hanging limply from this massive like stock of tendrils that has started to come down from this very tiny ball and he kind of looks over at you like expectantly and with a smile he says don i know i know in your life you were mostly an outlaw but i was a lawman." And that means I'm here to help. So that's what we're going to do here today. And I, I need your help with that, which is why I've taken your body from you. But I still respect your your criminal mind. So so I've I've left you I've left you that. You'll see here <laughs> if you kind of look up and and look around at what's going on here. I've taken over your central nervous system, and now you're you're a part of a John and Don. It's kind of like an at-at. You like Star Wars, Uncle Don? Love Star Wars, boy. We're the legs of a little... Oh, I said at-at. It's actually a, an ATST, The scout trooper, right? What does ATAT stand for? Attack, attack. <laughs> no, a- attack, attack. <laughs> the ATSTs are the small one. Yeah, ATAT is the four legs. ATST is two. Scout transport. Listen, Uncle Don. What we are is a swift, highly mobile ball with the minds of two wily pettymores. Chicken walker. Uh, we're going to get out there on that battlefield, and we're going to 
be where we're needed and help who we can. Does that sound amenable to you? Don has like kind of like tears running down his eyes when this starts happening as he's like finally able to like let go of all the stress now that he's no longer in control and he's like, it sounds wonderful. (laughs) Fuck yeah. John's head like gives a little nod and then you get wicked whiplash as this thing runs off towards the skeletons. (laughs) Yes. Real fast, will you describe the image of it one more time for me? What's the setup? Imagine imagine a tiny ball with the legs of an ATST. So these tendrils have come out and they formed into thick, powerful leg trunks. Yep, like you might find on a on an ATST. And um, where their shins and feet would be, that's the, those are the bodies of John and Don. <laughs> With their heads at like the kneecaps. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Oh We're like Pacific Rim mind melded together. Yeah, they're they're kind of just like crucified <laughs> on this thing. Yeah, but they look cheerful. Crying kneecaps. Yeah, Cheerf- cheerfully, cheerfully crying kneecap. Don deep anymore. This is great. Okay, uh, that was Don's turn somehow. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, <laughs> great turn. Great turn. Good job. Good job. Oh, that's good. It is John's turn, and it is not this ball John's turn, but rather it is the ball John that has been repelled uh, like a magnet away from the ball of rosemary. M A R Y. Basically, John Ball is is taken aback by by being repulsed from from Ball Mary. <laughs> He's floating there for a second, um, and then he sees her starting to open like the portal. Starting, he sees her starting to open the portal, and very quickly, long spindly like tendrils shoot out of him. He's trying to move the material of the world back, like fill it back in where she's opening the portal. Nice. Hell yeah. I dig it. It's frantically like a kid in a sandbox. He's just like trying to scoop the world into her hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a kid in a sandbox. Like a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, uh, she just failed her unnatural roll, and so if you can pass yours, then this happens. 43 on a 67. Well you- done. You, uh... <laughs> you... <laughs> I, Moving on. I've, yeah. <laughs> I pour the world into her hole. <laughs> yep, and now it is the Sky Sea Keith. Keith is just filled up a worm's mouth uh, with this with this liquid nitrogen, this frozen material, uh, completely creating an ice luge, uh, like a like a water slide down there at Splashylvania, but in winter time, as if the entire encasement tube has been frozen. And feet first, he goes right on in there. And Keith, let me tell you. The things that you see blow your fucking mind because you are now just surrounded in this ice world. It is cold as fuck in here. And 
you see almost like a translucent ice barrier surrounding you, all around you. And on the other side of it are just dazzling shapes and colors, large shadows, just all of these movements. Like you're at an aquarium, like a psychedelic aquarium, but the entire pane of glass has been frosted over. How big am I like is... What what am I trying to ask? Uh, You've got elbow room. Okay, I'm not like completely sucked in, like to the esophagus or whatever. You got two elbows room. Two elbows room. Okay, tight. Keith looks around and he's amazed. He's kind of like entranced and he's just kind of staring off and looking at the shapes and the shadows and everything. And then he snaps out of it and he remembers why he's here. And he tries to just punch through. Basically, punch his way out of this frozen worm's stomach. Or whatever part of the body I'm in. Sure, yeah, go ahead and roll. Okay. It's a 36. I feel like that's going to be good. But let's find out. Let's. 40%. So I pass with 36. Excellent. Nice. Also, remember, I have these pneumatic arm things too so my punch is extra strong (laughs) (laughs) yes and with that you are going to be able to shatter this worm from the inside as this thing shatters cold water begins pouring in all around you you swim up to the top you can grab on to one of these frozen insides pieces of this thing this to, to kind of raft you help you hold on to the top of this water as waves are unnaturally coming at you from left right from front from back they're going past you they're coming from within you like it's just The water is not reacting like normal water, and as you're looking up over the top of any of these cresting waves, you see worm after worm coming up, diving back in. You look down, you can't see anything. You can't see your body, you can't see your feet. The water is completely dark, and looking above you, your sky is a luminous ground that this fight is being fought on, and that is your ceiling. How many worms are there? I was under the impression there were two, but are there just a bunch swimming around in here? Yeah, there's more than two. (laughs) Well, that's not good. Why did you think there was two? (laughs) I don't know. I thought there were just two for some reason. And Keith immediately thinks to himself, fuck, I should not have done this. That's exactly what Keith (laughs) thinks. Yeah, he 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 finds a you know a door-sized uh, frozen piece of worm, and he climbs on top of it, and he looks, and there's he sees a worm like come up like a dolphin would, or something, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> winks at you, <laughs> and it winks at me, what, and Keith? I, and Keith thinks, oh, I'm gonna have to do a lot of this. And he, he lunges at the worm that's near him. <laughs> Hell yeah. From on top of the frozen Plus piece yeah. of worm. <laughs> I'm I'm that's so badass. <laughs> also, I'm glad you're up in the sky, but now it makes a lot more sense why you went there if you thought like after I thought you there got were only that two. first worm, like halfway done. <laughs> There's only one more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> upon upon realizing his mistake, Keith is like, Well, I'm here anyway, so might as well just get to it 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Doers get it done. Planet Juggernaut. Planet Juggernaut had been um, had been eerily still last turn, and you heard whirring inside of him. How many turns did that take? One. Oh, cool. Planet Juggernaut starts rolling almost imperceptibly at first, but then it's faster than you can really imagine, and he's heading towards those fucking skeletons like they're bowling pins. Yeah. They're coming down from the sky, and Planet Juggernaut... I mean, this thing is is spinning, 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 and then all of a sudden it launches itself up into the air and is going to take out and fitting their nine bowling pin skeletons left in the air, which is how many are left after I have thrown one bowling ball. Because <laughs> like, like, I only hit one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild that you can only hit one with the bumpers even. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we put the bumpers on and play golf rules. Exactly, lowest score. <laughs> that actually That'd sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds doable. It sounds like you created something here that we got to give a try. <laughs> Don't put this episode out. We got to patent this. Yeah. <laughs> Bowling golf is going to make be- us a million bucks. It's going to be huge. <laughs> From the creators of the fuck barrel. <laughs> well, yeah, what's your company do? Oh, we're a podcast uh, company who makes the fuck we're barrel. We're a multimedia conglomerate that puts out, uh, you know, some some audio entertainment, um, at-home leisure products, uh, and we also run a professional uh, sporting enterprise. <laughs> at-home leisure projects. Products, you know. Uh, products. Personal. Right. Roll bowling. Look on your foot sheet. Should I just roll a d10? No, go ahead and roll 2d12. 2d12. It's the one that looks like a d20, but isn't. I had to remind myself when I was searching for it. <laughs> okay. 15, an 11, and a 4. You know what that'll do? Take out all nine skeletons? That'll take out all nine skeletons. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Can I can I describe what happens? Can you leave one so that I can describe how cool it is when it grabs Drew Andrews and rips <laughs> him back into the mouth of the oh, Gigantumbrapithecus? Yeah, you can leave one. That's fine. No. No, that's you're not gonna do that to cool. our baby boy. Would have been cool. Would have been the body of Drew or Oh, when you say Drew, Drew Andrews, you mean <laughs> Drew Pages. I mean, Drew and when I say Drew Andrews, I mean the body of Councilwoman Carrie Pages. But yeah, let's move on to a description from Thomas about how fucking cool this is. Right. So you, you mentioned that they're like flying down from the air. So Planet Juggernaut has has flown up to meet him, almost like almost like he hit a like ridge in the world as he was rolling or something. And maybe you even see one like appear before him just just briefly. But you can't be sure. It's something strange happens. As Planet Juggernaut is uh, rising up into the air, heading towards these skeletons, he kind of he kind of blocks your view of them for a second. He rises up to where they were, and as you come down, you see just like a string of ichor shooting back up into this thing's mouth. And where Planet Juggernaut hits the ground and starts rolling again, you see like black chewing gum just stuck to the side <laughs> of of his like chassis and you you see like vi- some rib cages and shit sticking out <laughs> yeah but these things are just like completely waffled on him this is how it feels to chew five gum <laughs> yes <laughs> and because you rolled so high above the 9 
Think about an ATAT, and think about Luke Skywalker, and think about this Gigantumbrapithecus, <gasps> and think about how you've got its tongue. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Joe's vinegar strokes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so Planet Juggernaut, as his turn ends, you just see him starting to take a long, graceful turn yes. around the feet of the Gigantumbropithecus. Yeah. This is awesome. Oh, and as Planet Juggernaut picks up that spare, we've gone through a Nullarada combat here, Nick Nagel. That's absolutely amazing. I think we owe our lives to our one true god, Planet Juggernaut. Praise be to the Juggernaut. Praise be to the Juggernaut. Now, did you think, Nick, that it was going to be one episode per one round of combat here? <laughs> you know, I wanted to say no, but <laughs> that's just it happened. We had all hoped not. <laughs> what I specifically hated about D&D was waiting for everyone else to take their turn forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And instead, I just took three 30-minute turns this game. <laughs> <laughs> One of which was Justin's. <laughs> right? Bad girls on top of